0: This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where Governor Ron DeSantis is keeping an eye on the floods created by Hurricane Sally in the Panhandle.
1: The impact of the storm has been severe, uh, particularly in areas like Escambia and Santa Rosa County, and particularly with regard to flooding. Some areas have received up to 30 inches of rainfall, with more coming down.
0: The GOV is in Pensacola today to check out the damage, including that missing chunk of highway from the Three Mile Bridge over Pensacola Bay. 154 new names have been added to Florida's list of COVID casualties. That pushes the statewide death toll to 13,100. Pam Bondi is touring the state on behalf of Donald Trump, trash-talking Joe Biden on corruption and nepotism. She'll be joined in Tampa today by Ivanka Trump, so she might want to lay off on the nepotism bit and maybe steer clear of touchy subjects, like her dad's response to COVID-19.
2: We need to be able to get our kids back in school and our economy back open. But in order to do that, the virus has to be under control. We need a president that's going to do those things. Donald Trump is not that president.
0: The latest polls show Donald Trump and Joe Biden pretty much tied in Florida. Politico's Mark Caputo is covering the Biden campaign, and he says the COVID crisis is helping the Democratic nominee by limiting his public appearances.
3: Biden's campaign all along was designed with that hope in mind that, biden wouldn't have to hit the hustings that biden wouldn't have to do all of this campaign travel and all of these speeches because his strength is not in giving public speeches he's not a movement candidate he's not a rally candidate and coronavirus coincidentally played to a strength of the campaign and allowed him rather than look like he was hiding in his basement albeit that's what trump's campaign accuses him of of looking responsible and projecting an aura, an air of responsibility.
0: Mark is our guest today on the Sunrise interview, and this will be the first one in months that hasn't been done over the phone. He actually stopped by the studio Wednesday, so if I come down with COVID, you know who I'll be blaming. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and check in with a Florida woman who took part in an anti-mask protest at a Target in South Florida.
4: That mask is killing people. It literally is killing people.
0: And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, September 17th. The National Hurricane Center warned us there would be historic levels of rain and flooding from Hurricane Sally, and they were not kidding. Governor Ron DeSantis says the slow-moving storm dumped as much as 30 inches of rain in some parts of the Panhandle, and it wasn't done yet.
1: Nearly 600 search and rescue missions have been conducted uh, with local sheriff's offices in Escambia, Santa Rosa, and Okaloosa. Uh, The state has also assisted in those, as as has the Coast Guard. Uh, To support these missions, we've activated 500 Florida National Guard soldiers. Uh, We have uh, air assets, helicopters and 50 high water vehicles. Uh, Florida Fish and Wildlife uh, Conservation Commissioner also has 50 Special Operations Group members uh, who are also standing by to assist, uh, as does Florida Highway Patrol. They're deploying 60 troopers through their quick response force from both Northeast and Central Florida. We've also gotten some support from Tennessee and Oklahoma, uh, which we uh, appreciate. Uh, So when you're looking at water of this nature, uh, people should should be very, very careful. It is hazardous. Uh, Do not try to go out in there. There could be power lines down in the water. Uh, Don't try to drive your car through it. Uh, It's something that that, that you could uh, very much uh, regret. So it is uh, potentially in certain areas uh, life threatening. Uh, So protecting life is the number one priority. I know that there's gonna be property damage and that's something that's gonna be difficult for people. We're obviously gonna be there to help, but um, you know, the life comes first and your safety comes first.
0: More than 130,000 customers lost power during the storm and that's just in Escambia County. DeSantis says the safest thing now is to hunker down at home.
1: The most important thing we want people to do is just stay vigilant, uh, listen to your local uh, officials and be cognizant of the risks that the water poses right now but even as that water subsides, which we think uh, it probably will, uh, the amount of rain that's being dumped to our north uh, is going to impact uh, places uh, in in the f- northwest Florida. So you're going to have these rivers that are going to crest uh, maybe Friday. You know, maybe even see some of them will happen uh, this weekend. Uh, so this is kind of the initial salvo, uh, but there is going to be more. Uh, that you're going to have to contend with uh, and so please remain vigilant particularly if you're in those areas uh, that could be affected and also with the flooding pay attention to boil water notices and just just remember uh, that standing water could be deeper than it seems um, don't let children play in the standing water you could have a down and active power line that's close by and it could definitely be life-threatening uh, if you're safe inside your home right now uh, then just just remain remain there um, until uh, the situation improves.
0: Virtually every river and stream in the western Panhandle is flooding now, and the governor says the state is actually trucking in more water.
1: Escambia County had a water main break; uh, they lost communications to the EOC, 911, 911, uh, and dispatched. Um, and so the state has uh, sent folks to help with emergency communications. Uh, the Division of Emergency Management is also mobilizing 60,000 gallons of water to provide clean drinking water for those who have been impacted by uh, the main break.
0: The governor's in Pensacola today to check out the damage firsthand, and the president has already approved his request for a disaster declaration. Florida added 2,355 new cases of coronavirus Wednesday. That increases the statewide total to 671,201. The state health department also reported 154 more fatalities. That increases the death toll to 13,100. Florida's former attorney general is on the stump for Donald Trump, conducting a series of Women for Trump events throughout the state. Pam Bondi is repeating many of the same things she talked about at the Republican National Convention when she accused Joe Biden of nepotism and corruption.
2: For Joe Biden, it's been the land of opportunism, not opportunity. As a career prosecutor and former attorney general of Florida, I fought corruption, and I know what it looks like, whether it's done by people wearing pinstripe suits or orange jumpsuits. We were told to look at Joe Biden as the model of integrity. But when you look at his 47 year career in politics, the people who benefited are his family members, not the American people.
0: For those of you wondering how anyone working for Donald Trump has the stones to complain about nepotism, the one word answer is projection, taking the bad things you don't like about yourself, or in this case, your candidate, and attributing them to someone else. Speaking of nepotism, Bondi will take part in a fireside chat today in Tampa with Ivanka Trump, who is on daddy's payroll. When Bondi talks about corruption, remember how her office ignored complaints from consumers who said they were ripped off by Trump University. And don't forget that $25,000 donation Trump made to Bondi's political committee after she decided the complaints did not need to be investigated. The money didn't even come from him. It was from the Trump Foundation, which was shut down after the attorney general of New York State accused the president and his three eldest children, including Ivanka, of using it for private and political gain. Pam Bondi also led the charge to repeal the Affordable Care Act, using state tax dollars to challenge the legality of a system that helped millions of Floridians get health insurance. Donna Deegan is running for a congressional seat in Jacksonville. She's also a cancer survivor, and Deegan says the Trump administration is still trying to dismantle the ACA without offering a replacement
4: the entire attack on the ACA is an attack on women, especially attack on everybody, but especially an attack on women. We already pay more for healthcare as it is. And the fact is that if he succeeds in this effort, uh, we are talking about, forget about people like me getting coverage. Forget about people like uh, the women that uh, that we serve through the foundation getting coverage. Uh, it's not going to happen. Um, you know, he talks a lot, a big game, about how he's going to come up with a health care plan that will replace the ACA, that will cover people for pre-existing conditions. And the truth is, um, that's just not true. And if we get rid of the Affordable Care Act and we don't continue forward to try to protect people with pre-existing conditions and all the other things that the Affordable Care Act has begun to afford us, we need to improve on. Um, you know, We're gonna be in a lot of trouble in this country, especially for people that have pre-existing conditions. I know that's not the only thing, but it's a big thing for millions of people. Um, for women in, in their, um, uh, what they pay for health care, which is already more, women in the workplace, vital protections would be taken away if we got rid of the ACA. Um, family leave. Uh, this president has has simply attacked all of that. So there is there is nothing about uh, this administration's plan for health care that makes sense for women. And to insinuate otherwise is simply to tell a story that is fiction. In my foundation alone, in the last couple of months, we've seen a, a 78% increase in people who need help because this administration has failed so badly in its response to
2: the coronavirus.
0: Jennifer Coward is a doctor of internal medicine in Jacksonville. She's had a front row seat during the COVID crisis.
2: We could have had a plan months ago for how to send our kids back to school safely, how to keep our teachers and staff safe at school. And instead, every school district is basically having to make this up on their own because of a lack of leadership under Donald Trump. Then to find out last week, that he knew all along just how awful this was going to be. And he chose to lie repeatedly. He knew COVID was airborne. He knew it was worse than the flu. He said it out loud, it's recorded. And he told the public over and over again that this is just a flu, it's no big deal, it will go away on its own. He continues to have indoor rallies with supporters who believe him when he says this is not that dangerous and not that bad. He protects himself by repeated testing, by keeping himself isolated from the public, um, by keeping them away from him. And he'll even say out loud that, well, there's no problem here because I'm safe. And yet the people who support him and come to his rallies are at severe danger. They believe him when he said, this isn't that bad. And yet he knew back in March that this was far more dangerous than he was letting on. He even said, I'm trying to keep it down. I don't want to panic people. We all know he means don't panic the stock market. And, and so what he, we have right now is on top of a failure in leadership on, on repealing the Affordable Care Act, we've now added rampaging COVID-19 throughout our country, nearly 200,000 dead. We're going to have more and more of that before the end of this uh, terrible pandemic. We have women like myself who rely on child care to be able to work, and yet, Daycare centers are now in crisis. Uh, We have schools in crisis. Um, We have women who are not going to be able to work or going to be having to choose unsafe childcare arrangements. This is all directly related to failures and lies on behalf of Donald Trump, that failure of leadership, it comes from the top down. We've never had a plan for how to safely open our economy because in order to safely open the economy, we needed a strategy to fight and combat COVID-19. We need to be able to get our kids back in school and our economy back open. But in order to do that, the virus has to be under control. We need a president that's going to do those things. Donald Trump is not that president.
0: One more thing to remember about Pam Bondi, she's a registered agent for the government of Qatar, one of the richest countries in the world. They've been accused of bribing officials to land the World Cup championships in 2022. So when Bondi says she knows corruption, she ain't kidding, folks. Next up on the Sunrise interview, we'll check in with an old friend from the Capitol Press Corps. Mark Caputo is a writer for Politico and was one of the first print journalists in Tallahassee to incorporate a video camera into his reporting. We called it the Caputo Creepy Cam, and it served him well. But first, a word from the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise podcast from Florida Politics,
1: and we're much obliged predict it is like the stock market for all things politics instead of trading stock in companies you're investing money into your opinions on everything from election results to how many times president trump will tweet this week it's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started our podcast listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictitorg promo f-l-a-p-o-l try it today
0: Welcome back to Sunrise. Our guest today on the Sunrise interview is Mark Caputo, former ace reporter for the Miami Herald at the Tallahassee Bureau, covering the Capitol for many years, now with Politico,
3: covering the Biden campaign. Welcome back to Tallahassee, Mark. It's great to be back in Tallahassee, actually. I I, I like living in Tallahassee more than Miami, I must admit. Uh, well, what brings you back? The daughter, right? <laughs> My daughter's going to FSU. We kept our house here because we had it for so long. We'd known a lot of money on it. It was a rental house, and because of coronavirus, it has now become... Uh, student housing for students who don't want to get coronavirus. So your main gig now with
0: Politico is covering the Biden campaign. What sort of insights can you offer us as to what he's doing right and
3: what he's doing wrong? Well, I'm always very leery about saying that because I think rightfully so, 2016 proved that what pundits, political professionals, journalists professional opinion makers it doesn't matter. say uh, it's very often wrong. I, I always hold to the maxim that the smartest and dumbest thing said about politics or in politics is that it's all about turnout. So what is Biden doing to maximize turnout? Because if he wants to win the presidency, he wants to win Florida because this is Trump's must win state. So currently uh, you know, he was in the state on Thursday, Finally paying homage to the Puerto Rican community, which is like kind of the biggest, consistent, most monolithic democratic voting block in the Latino community. But the question remains is, is it going to be enough?
0: Will they turn out?
3: Right. One of the persistent problems with uh, Puerto Rican voters or Puerto Rican-American or Puerto Rican, I guess, Florida-ricans, some call them, versus Cuban-American voters in Florida is Cuban-American voters in Florida— vote Republican, and they have very high turnout rates. They have a higher turnout rate than the statewide average. Whereas Puerto Rican voters, especially those who vote Democrat and those who are NPA, who are Democratic-leaning, turn out at lower rates than the statewide average. And that's just a big problem for Democrats because they have this three-legged stool, whites, blacks, and Hispanics. And they need mixtures of all three, but you take away one of the legs of that stool, and, well, Democrats not going to win. How has COVID changed everything as far as covering national candidates like this? Oh, my God. Well, covering the Biden campaign. I mean, Biden made both for a public health uh, standpoint and for his own personal health standpoint, a big deal about sheltering in place, following the regulations, quote unquote, listening to the scientists. I, I put that in kind of air or scare quotes for a reason we can talk about and making sure that he was setting a good example. But part of that meant is his campaign completely locked down and you heard him being accused of campaigning from his basement. Now, also understand is Biden's campaign all along was designed with that hope in mind that Biden wouldn't have to hit the hustings, that Biden wouldn't have to do all of this campaign travel and all of these speeches because his strength is not in giving public speeches. He's not a movement candidate. He's not a rally candidate. And coronavirus, coincidentally, played to a strength of the campaign and allowed him, rather than look like he was hiding in his basement, albeit that's what Trump's campaign accuses him of, of looking responsible and projecting an aura, an air of responsibility.
0: I I do remember that when he used to give speeches, our favorite occupation was waiting for the screw-up, waiting for the malaprop that would happen. So I I can see why he'd want to get out of there.
3: You know, just covering Biden, like I remember being in, iowa before the caucuses and going from event to event you know it's dark and biden is he kind of of has a tendency to talk a little slowly (laughs) and it was and and he would talk about depressing things you know the death of his his wife and daughter the death of his His son son. um and you know he, he wouldn't he wouldn't really have a very enthusiastic crowd and then you would just be waiting like, oh, is he going to just say something wrong? And then we have to figure out how to incorporate that into the story. And it was almost like watching a man walk on a sheet of thin ice. You were like almost kind of <laughs> anxious, like at what point is he? I, is hear, he the gonna, I yeah, hear the cracking. Yeah. When's he going to make the news? And so um, the thing with Biden that was interesting is that Biden on the stump sucks. Biden one on one is phenomenal. And so the campaign finally kind of realized that is like, don't have him on the stump for so long, and just have him work the rope line. And people would come up, and it was, th- and it was just this totally different candidate. People would come up and tell them, tell him their their most um, you know their horrible inter- story, That's yeah. the terrible thing that had happened to them. Right, it's like retail
0: politics all over again. The it stuff totally was gone for so long. Like
3: I saw, like in New Hampshire. I saw this old vet who comes up to him, and the guy's like, you know, I lost my son, and then. Biden just knows and put his arms out for the guy to hug him and they hugged and like the guy's Vietnam vet cap like popped off of his head. Just a very Biden moment. So um, being able to have a campaign where he doesn't have to be giving these speeches and where he can be much more scripted really played to his strengths. And you, know, you look at the polling. I mean, in the end, you know, the polling is as scientific as we can get engaging public opinion still. And it's pretty good for him. Any predictions? You know, if Biden wins Florida, he could win by as much as two. If Trump wins Florida, he could win by as much as one and a half. That is that's as close to a prediction as I'm going to come. Wow. And if Biden wins Florida, he will, the, he will win the election. The good thing in Florida is we might have an early call because 75% of the ballots in this election might be cast before election day by in-person early votes and by mail-in votes. All of those b- ballots, all... of those votes are being logged into the supervisors of election systems. So at 7 p.m., when they shut down, now I remember we're in two times, right. in 8, 8 p.m. 8 technically, Australia. yeah. But at 7 p.m., I think some of some of the counties individually might report their results, like Miami-Dade might report its results starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Now, the state won't, but Miami-Dade might. Those, um, those votes are almost like a, a button away. They, they can just load into the system. So you'll have the biggest counties in Florida reporting as much as 75% of their vote before 8 p.m. So we'll have a really good idea of what the election looks like. Now, that having been said, we have a history of razor-thin election yeah, margins. We're so close
0: anyway. It doesn't matter how early right. it gets done.
3: But at the same time, if it looks like, generally speaking, you know, if, if the lead is by about uh, two points or so by the next morning, generally the person who's up by those two points is going to win anyway. Uh, so, Florida not only because of the electoral college—if Biden wins, it spells doom for Trump—but also if there are no, you know, regular calls in the Midwest, which is highly possible because they don't have the same systems and familiarity we do, they could be counting ballots for a few days. But if Florida comes in, if Florida comes in for Biden, it'll tell you two things: one, Biden is winning his must-win state, Trump's must-win state, so he's probably going to win. Two because of the demographic mix of voters we have here it give you a good idea of how those white voters in the midwest are gonna vote or are voting or have voted so it, it could florida could tell kind of the story twice
0: final question what's the best alcohol for covering a biden event
3: well for me the best alcohol is probably Patron silver uh just because it uh, it it's it's low glycemic you can drink enough of it you won't have a, a hangover the next day i, I I have my own thing. I call it a Mexican monster. I, I like to have Patron and a, one of the monster energy drinks, preferably the ones with zero sugar. it give you a little poor man speedball feel. Sounds like a Charlie Crist cocktail. Vodka yeah. <laughs> you <know, we'll> <laughs> Red Bull. That's true. I think he was, and he was diet Red Bull. Diet no, Red Bull, yeah. yeah, no, <laughs> the guy, yeah he, my favorite line from Charlie Crist was, it was an Atlantic story about him, as he's at a big dinner with all these people and he's not eating. And the bread is being passed around the table and he looks at it he says, eat bread, look like bread. what is it about florida governors that are so strange Uh, we've got some of the best (laughs) some of the worst
0: (laughs) you've been listening to mark caputo ace political reporter for politico thanks for joining us today mark thanks for having me rick your calendar of events begins at nine with an online meeting of the florida defense support task force The Southwest Florida Regional Planning Council holds an online meeting at 9. The Public Service Commission holds an online workshop at 9.30 on customer-owned renewable energy generation and net metering. The Florida Supreme Court releases weekly opinions at 11. The Citizens' Property Insurance Market Accountability Advisory Committee meets at 11. They'll review an exposure reduction study that says, among other things, that private market insurance rates are increasing. The Suicide Prevention Coordinating Council meets by conference call at 1. The Florida International University Board of Trustees meets at 5.30 to talk about repopulating campuses. A campaign kickoff event is scheduled at 6 this evening in West Palm Beach for Republican Susan Rivera, who's challenging Representative Matt Wilhide of Wellington in House District 86. And finally today, the story of a Florida woman who believes her right not to be inconvenienced is certainly more important than your right to live. Christina Gomez was part of a flash mob of anti-maskers who walked into a Target in Fort Lauderdale this week, took off their masks, and began playing We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister. And she live-streamed the whole thing. Insert Christina Gomez Anti-Mask 1. This is not the first time Gomez went viral. Back in June, she told Palm Beach County commissioners they were going to hell for mandating masks. Insert Christina Gomez Anti-Mask 2. 34 states and the District of Columbia mandate face coverings in public spaces because of COVID-19. Florida does not. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.